This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. I looked around and saw the thick black trees all around me. Raw and cold, they seemed to have swallowed me whole. Still I stood, frozen and on edge, listening. All I could hear was my own heartbeat and the wind. I gradually became aware of how cold it was. I looked around again cautiously, trying to make something out in the darkness. There is a space between reality and fantasy, between light and dark, between rational and irrational. In this space, there are stories. This story is called The Feeding. You belong here. Part 2. The Woods Slowly, I traced my way back, hardly making any progress, as I felt with my hands through the darkness and endless limbs of trees. Limbs that would reach out of nowhere, gripping me, clinging on to me, as if trying to pull me down. It was a silly thought, but at that moment it felt so real, so very possible that the forest was alive. And its sole goal was to pull me down, bury me in its giant roots, drag me deeper and deeper until I could not breathe. I stopped, suddenly aware of scratches that covered my arms and hands. In the cold, I could barely feel any pain, but the sight of them on my skin was still disturbing. It was as if the forest was trying to bite off pieces of me, to taste my flesh, sinking its teeth into me. I shivered. A wind blew through the woods, and the large old trees swayed slowly in the gust, branches and tree trunks rubbing against each other. The sound of it was horrid, like something that did not belong in this world. A cry that darkness makes. It was at that moment that these trees, the outline of them at least, came to resemble strange alien creatures. Tall and powerful, they rose before me, threatening me and growing taller by the second. Only I could not run. There was nowhere to go. I looked around, trying in vain to peer through the darkness. The silence hung all around me, and if it wasn't for the rapid beating of my heart, I would have thought I was dead already. Still, I kept stumbling around, making my way through, heading out, out, almost falling over, but too stubborn to actually fall. I tried not to look around too much, for fear of getting myself into a panic. Just stare at your feet, I thought. You're so close. You have to get back. Keep going. After struggling through slowly for what seemed like forever, I was really impressed at just how well I did with running into the forest at full speed like that. It was surprising that I didn't stumble on something and fall, that I didn't seriously injure myself or was even able to get through the thickness of the woods. The trees were so close together that walking between them at night was like fighting a current that was trying to push me into the opposite direction. No matter how much I tried, 
I could not keep a good pace. After an hour of this crawl, I stopped. I was exhausted, and I felt dejected. My hands were full of scrapes and scratches, oozing with blood. The time on my phone showed 1.30 a.m. I had to keep going if I wanted to get back. Thirty minutes later, I realized I could not have run that way. The trees were so thick, I had to squeeze between them as if I was walking through a narrow cave opening. I did not remember this at all on my way in. I looked around and noticed that the woods did indeed get much thicker, almost to the point of forming a wall. I realized with alarm that I was alone and lost in these woods. I tried to pull up a map on my phone again, but it still did nothing. At least it was useful as a flashlight. I clung to its light, comforted by its glow. With my eyes closed, I focused on happy moments in my life. Anything, really, to keep my mind off my fear and the utter panic that I felt in my gut. I opened my eyes again and turned to go to the left. I remembered I made a slight right as I first started walking back so that I could avoid some thick bushes. And maybe that is where I steered off course. I started that way only to realize the bush there was too thick to walk through. I couldn't make my way no matter how much I tried. Okay, maybe I could continue straight? I wondered as I looked for the way out. The wind blew hard, and I could feel it going through my whole body, reaching down to my very bones. I shivered and stood exhausted, with my hands clutched around each other, on fire from the cuts and the punishingly cold wind. There was no way out, I said quietly to myself in the wind. My only option was to continue walking on, if only to keep warm. I figured that sooner or later, I would come across a house or a farm or even a road. Once I was in a better spot, I'd be able to make a call. Then again, I could also be walking deeper into the woods. Should I turn and head back? But would that be going backwards? I looked around again, trying to make out a path or anything that was not all trees and the bush surrounding me, keeping me hostage. My battery was down to nothing, and the clock read 2.45 a.m. on my screen. I was on the verge of crying, so I stopped once again. The trees made a loud, hollow sound as the wind wrecked their branches and shook them violently. Suddenly, it seemed as if the forest was mocking me and making a hideous racket. The trees rubbed together in the wind, and I swear I could hear a shrill laugh. The trunks coming alive under the weight of other trunks. In complete silence, the sound that a forest makes is horrible and foreign. Hey, this is Chris from the Criminal Perspective Podcast. If you're enjoying the podcast you're currently listening to on the Crawlspace Media Network, consider checking out Criminal Perspective. On Criminal Perspective, I take 11 years of my experience corresponding with notorious murderers and I bring it directly to you. At times, I'll give you interviews directly with the most heinous murderers imaginable, like Nico Klo, the Vampire of Paris. I read that I read that you found some cookies in his kitchen and you just sat there eating cookies, watching them squirm around and die. 
Yeah, it wasn't actual cookies. I think I, uh, I think it was bread, just bread. But uh, yeah, yeah, I ate something. I just sat sat down on the corner and watched him die, basically. Other times, I'll bring you survivors of violent crime telling their harrowing tales themselves, like Shasta McLean, who survived being abducted by serial killer Joseph Duncan. After being at that campsite for like two, like a week or two, he had asked me how I wanted to die. He said because uh, I had to choose one or the other. It could either be quick, or it could, or you know, it could be the slow process. So he gave me the option of being strangled to death, or he gave me the option of being shot. So please check out Criminal Perspective on Apple, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are heard. Criminal Perspective is a cross-based media podcast. We find that in these times, everyone needs some time to chill out and relax. That's why we're excited to announce this week's sponsor, Boston Green Health. Boston Green Health is a local provider of CBD products that specializes in oils, topicals, gummies, and edibles. Boston Green Health's plant-based products can provide natural relief and rest for the mind, body, and soul. As one of New England's premier hemp-based companies, they offer a variety of all-natural CBD products that use a blend of locally sourced hemp extract. Visit bostongreenhealth.com for premium CBD oil, a delicious variety of CBD-infused gummies, luxurious handcrafted topicals, and a product line for pets. Podcast listeners can receive 20% off of any purchase by using the show code PI20. That's P-I-20. Boston Green Health takes pride in being New England's most trusted CBD brand. I looked up and stared at the stars that were as bright as I had ever seen them. They looked peaceful and warm, trying in vain to shine some light on me so as to help me. Or so it felt then. Tears ran down my cheeks, warm and bitter. I was shivering and could not tell if it was from the cold or the anxiety. The dark woods were starting to get to me. I began to hear new random sounds that I managed to miss before. A bird flew overhead. Something seemed to have crossed my path in a hurry. A sound of walking behind me. Worst of all... I kept imagining seeing Frank leaping suddenly out from behind one of the trees, the rope in his hand, trying to grab me. I shivered. I pushed on through the woods, heading nowhere specific anymore, having lost all sense of direction yet unable to stop. Moving felt like a way to get out, the only way to stay alive. I continued looking around for lights, desperate to see something, anything that was not a black tree. My phone was about to die, and I knew that soon, very soon, I would be in complete darkness. I kept walking, determined to find something before it happened, refusing to lose hope. A large bird flew over my head, and I felt the air vibrate off its wings. It looked like a crow or a raven, although everything looks like that in the dark. It was the first living thing I had really seen since I ran into the woods. The bird made an odd noise and shifted impatiently on its branch. I could see the outline of the creature against the darkness of the sky. What an odd sound it made, I thought then. I stopped and shined the light on it, 
but it only flew higher onto another branch. It made the noise again and looked as if it was searching for something. What are you looking at? I asked it quietly, my voice almost foreign to me against the silence of the forest. The bird looked in my direction again and made the noise. Its head pointed to the left. Stupid bird, I thought. But then I went to the left anyway. What choice did I really have? After all this aimless wandering, I was not picky. As I continued on, the trees got thinner, and the wood started to lose the monstrous appearance it once had. As my panic started to melt away, there was hope again. My phone told me it was 3 a.m. To my dread, it was about to die, and I did not dare think what I would do when the flashlight finally went out. I supposed I could try to sleep here in the woods, bury myself into cold leaves and loose branches on the ground. The idea of spending the night out here seemed too frightening, and I decided that I would keep walking until I could no longer do so. I was also worried I would freeze to death with how cold it was. I pressed on with the bird still making the noise behind me, encouraging me. It was probably my imagination, but it was good to have company. Then my phone died. Everything went dark in an instant. I knew this would happen, yet when it did, it seemed so much worse. The bird was near, making its noise from up above me. That, at least, was a relief. The bird flew ahead and landed on a branch in front. I followed obediently and blindly, relying only on my hearing now. I stumbled through until my eyes adjusted to the darkness and I could finally see distinct shades of gray. The trees, branches and bushes around me. I kept pressing on. Moving was the only thing I knew at that moment and I felt that if I stopped, I would perish. Suddenly, I spotted something in the distance. It was a clearing. The first time my eyes fell upon something that was not a wall of trees. At first sight, it appeared to be a large cave, but as I came nearer and the darkness receded, it looked like a structure standing by itself. I headed toward the shape, and as I approached it, I realized that it had the outline of a small cabin. Could it be? I walked faster, encouraged and energized. If this was indeed a house, I would find someone to help me, get to the road, get out of this place finally. I ran toward the cabin, and as I approached, I could tell it was old and badly maintained. I went to the door and took a deep breath, my stomach in knots with excitement. I knocked as loud as I could. There was no answer and no movement inside. A few minutes later, I knocked again, much louder this time. Still, no answer. I looked around. There was no driveway and no cars. It seemed the cabin was still in the thick of the woods, but it was a shelter nonetheless. I tried the door handle, and when I did, the door opened widely. It was unlocked. On the next episode of The Feeding, I stared at the woods as I ate, and it was amazing how still the trees were when the wind no longer blew through their large branches. It was as if they were standing on guard, 
waiting and observing me. There was no sound or noise either, as if there were no animals or birds in the area at all. I was not used to being in such silence, and it gave me an uneasy feeling. Thank you for listening to The Feeding, a crawlspace media production of a pie rational story, narrated by Valerie Bogart. This is a Glass Box Media Podcast.